0: Welcome to season four of the Talking Lead, A.K.A. proudly presented by Citrin. Right. Easy, crazy.
1: Check this out. Easy. Here's somebody. All right, hey.
2: Look who it is. It's Mike. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you, bud? You see that? Yeah. That's the what S- is it?
1: Smith and Wesson. Oh, it's the Smith one, yeah. Uh, oh. Bullpup? pump. I forgot yeah. what they call that. When they copied off the, K- the KSG?
2: <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got to go to Gunsight a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we ran this, the Saint, and the Polymer 80 handgun, who who put it on? The guys from Lockdown.
1: Oh, Lockdown. Okay.
2: Yeah, because they were un, um, announcing the release of their walls. That I got back here.
1: Yeah. Nice.
2: So, yeah, and then all the optics, all Crimson Trace optics on them. Got the heavy recoil. You guys, have you seen the heavy recoil red dot yet? No. You got to check uh, that out, dude. It's made for shotguns.
1: Is okay. it? Like a
2: holographic
3: site or what? That's a crimson phrase, huh? Yeah. H-R-O.
1: Yeah. It's pretty
2: sweet. But we're not going to talk pumps. Unless you want to. Unless you want to talk pumps. I wasn't planning on it. but
3: I don't don't know too much about (laughs) pumps. It it may be kind of (laughs) (laughs) one-sided.
1: I think pump shotgun's the only one worth having, but besides that.
3: Oh well.
2: Um, we'll give Jim just a little bit. Uh you got your drinks, I see. Um, I'm gonna go grab mine real quick. Drew, if you need a drink, grab your drink. That's
1: what I'm
3: <laughs>
2: I'm having a hard mountain day though.
1: Oh, those are delightful, I've heard. Oh, they are.
2: Did y'all do Red o- October?
3: We did not travel for Red October. This this year like for um, the last six months or so, it's been pretty like low travel for us uh, because of uh, moving on to this this new property and moving uh, our business uh, over here and just just <laughs> everything related to all I that. Like we yeah. usually travel to about a dozen three gun competitions and other various action shooting competitions a year, and uh, this year we only did about eight. But it was we do twelve to fifteen you know, normally. So sure, um, but anyways. We're we're heading out on Wednesday night uh, to uh, South Carolina to shoot a three gun match called Fall uh, uh, Brawl. It's it's taking the weekend of uh, Fort Benning multi gun because Fort Benning canceled this year, unfortunately. So, oh,
2: yeah. Sounds fun though.
3: Yeah. Anyways, that's that's what we do. That's that's our main. Main thing is uh, is three gun and competition oriented shotguns. Although we do lot, have diversified a lot in the last couple of years, but that uh, what we really are care about or what we're really passionate about, I guess is a better word, is uh, is competition oriented mm-hmm. action shooting. So,
2: now, are you guys running in those competitions yourselves?
3: Oh yeah, that's that, that's why we do it. I mean, but uh, no, we uh, we actually we actually that's what we enjoy. That's our our hobby and what we enjoy. And, uh, and then that's how we meet a lot of our customers and we, we get that personal connection because
2: it's a great way to feature your product, isn't it?
3: Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, honestly, with the more you travel, the the more you sell, it's just a really narrow sliver of the market. And so you got to be involved if you want to want to, you know, sell in this space. It's, uh, it's, it's got a lot of visibility, but there's, it's not super deep in numbers. So you gotta, you gotta make sure you get all you can, you know, so.
2: Cool. All right, let's do this. All right, AK Heads, we are back with another episode of the Talking Lead AK Corner. This is Season 4, Episode 11, our second to last of Season 4. And it's been an awesome season. So if you haven't had an opportunity to go back and listen to our previous 10 episodes, you might want to do that. Uh, we gave away a BFT 47. Was that two episodes ago, Andrew? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, somewhere around nine or nine or so, eight or nine. Um, so if you missed that one, uh, you're probably kicking yourself in the ass, but you had to put in a little work for that. Uh, we, we don't give anything away unless you put a little effort into it here on this show. Uh, but we're going to be giving away some stuff this episode. Some nice prizes for you listeners that participated in our post a question on the social meds. And there's a lot of questions. I think last time I looked, there was close to like 50 or so uh, questions. So, wow. okay. uh, and I, think, good to get I think one guy posted like 40 <laughs> of them. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we're going to be giving away uh, from our sponsors, Seal One, if I could find the pack. Uh, a nice Seal one package for all your gun cleaning needs. Uh, and especially with AKs and guns that shoot the corrosive ammo, Seal ones perfect for that because it prevents corrosion. Uh, and then, of course, here's all my shit down here. For Mission First Tactical, we're going to give away one of our armor's trays or dump trays. I call them armor's trays because I like to take my guns apart put them in there. holds up really well. Cleans up nice uh, with the AK Corner logo and the Century Arms logo. Very nice from Mission First Tactical. Uh, and then Drew with Century Arms is coming back swinging with some awesome prizes. Drew, tell them what Century Arms is going to be giving away this episode.
1: Uh, this episode, we're going to do a 10-pack of um, U.S. Palm mags, but this one's a little bit different going to include one of our limited edition banana mags and one of a super limited edition alien green mag with alien u.s palm patch which you can only purchase from uh classic firearms it's an exclusive they have um but so whoever the winner is going to get one each of those um limited edition mags with patches and then um eight additional u.s palm mags to go with it for a 10 total
2: a 10 pack of awesome U.S. Palm mags. That's sweet. I don't even have one of those alien ones.
1: I don't either, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> I designed them, and I don't even have one.
2: <laughs> right. So that's that's like super rare. So the winner of that is...
1: Uh-oh. Uh- hold on. I do have the patch. I can show you the patch that comes with the alien.
2: Okay. I mean, I could probably pull it up here and share my screen, but they can do that, too, if they're listening.
1: <laughs> oh,
2: oh. Yes. <laughs> I love it.
1: That's the uh, Velcro patch that comes with that Alien mag, and then everybody's seen the Banana mag pouch patch, but if you haven't, that's the one that comes with the Banana mag. Nice. Yep. <laughs>
2: I got a We've couple had- of those. 100%. But those uh, Alien mags aren't as rare as the uh, Calumet High School class of '84 The rarest.
1: The, the rarest of the U.S. fall mags.
2: The rare. Have you not seen <laughs> them land? Have you, no. Uh, oh, hold on. I got to show you this. Yeah.
1: I don't know where mine is, but I can find it pretty quick if you don't find yours. I gotta
4: see
1: this. <laughs> Man, we're always screwing around and doing fun stuff. Uh, uh, that was awesome. I remember when Adam was wearing that big old banana suit. The. Uh, oh yeah, uh, yeah. I, I was the one who went and bought that suit. <laughs> Called him Banatum for like three days That was awesome
2: <laughs> So we did a very limited run Of the Calumet High School Class of 84 Wolverines
4: yeah, Hell yeah <laughs> uh,
2: Magazines We also did the uh, AK Corner Logoed And there was another nice. one too I can't remember, what was the other one?
1: Uh, the spray paint Wolverines
2: Oh yeah, the graffiti, you know when they painted the yeah, graffiti, graffiti uh, Yep, yep. Did one of those too? So. Yeah,
1: they all three came out really well.
2: Yeah, so yeah, awesome. big thanks to Dave over at Mission First Tactical for that, and uh, Drew and the gang at uh, Century Arms for putting those up. We'll probably do another run of those uh, with something different on them, though.
1: Yeah, they were very popular. We should definitely do another one.
2: Absolutely, we will do that. But those those are the prizes we're we're uh, going to be giving away this episode, Leadhead. So
4: we got a couple more for you there. Oh, oh. And the hits just <laughs> keep coming. <laughs> <laughs> so ahead,
3: Mike. So we got uh, our new U.S. made uh, billet magwell flare for Veper, uh base guns. Uh, that would also include like the VP12 or the Lynx gun. But this uh, flare pops on the bottom of the Vepper mag magwell.
2: That's cool. And it just
3: gives, you a, gives you a huge. Uh, Hell yeah! Speed reload situation here, and it's removable, so you can go back to using drums if you want. So,
4: so we got a couple of those, and then you uh, use uh, SGM magazines. We sell those. We tune them. We got mag couplers. So that's side by
3: side cinch mags. Yeah, so you can couple your 12s or have larger. Dude, that's so put awesome. So,
4: couple of your mags side by side like that. Hell yeah!
2: I love it. That's awesome. So, dissing <laughs> arms, arm, stepping up lead heads. Definitely nice. want to show them some love for that. Big thanks.
3: Yes, the, uh, the, the uh, When the mags are coupled, they will work with the Mago Flare. That's right.
2: <laughs> so they, will, they, will? they will? They will? They will?
3: Okay. Yeah, they will. They will,
2: yep. I mean, that's some engineers that know what the hell they're doing right there. <laughs> Thinking
3: ahead.
0: <laughs> I love it. Hey, I'm Adam with Canic USA, here talking about an exciting new addition to the Canic firearms line, the Canic Mete Pro Series. Each Canic Mete model will now feature a Pro version, as well as a standard configuration, meaning you get all the amazing features that come with the Mete line, along with some serious upgrades. These upgrades start with an instantly noticeable feature in the new aggressive slide cuts, which not only look cool, but allow for easier manipulation of the firearm. Next is the chrome plated, fluted, 12 by 28 threaded barrel. The Pro Series also features tritium front sights and blacked out rear sights. Finally, the world famous Canic Trigger is now a polymer 90 degree design. The first two available versions of the Pro Series will be the Canic Mete SFX and the Canic Mete SFT. But as I mentioned before, there's much more coming soon. Thanks for watching, and you can find out more about the Pro Series and all Canic products at CanicArms.com and CanicUSA.com. And don't forget, subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can be informed of all the latest Canic news. And as always, stay safe and stay tuned.
2: All right, so uh, am I forgetting anything? Oh, and we've got another big announcement. Do you want to do it now or do we want to save it?
1: Um, you tell me, buddy. It's your
2: oh. show. Oh, oh! I just, I don't. I think we should. I think we should hold this till the end of the show.
1: Okay, hold it till that the end. Of the show. <laughs> so, yeah,
4: that's called a teaser, right there. A te- yeah. I know. We said-
2: I'm burying the lead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm good at that. But the lead heads are used to it, so they're going to have to hang in for the rest of the show to get uh, the the golden nugget that's coming up. So, all right, let's talk about shotguns. This has been a, I've been just inundated with people wanting us to talk about shotguns for the past four years, and it's obviously not one of my strong suits. I hate shooting shotguns, Um, but as technology is getting better and engineers like Mike and Land are making them better to shoot and softer to shoot and, and cooler, actually cooler looking too. And more reliable. And more reliable. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, I have uh, started to change my mind on that. So uh, I thought this would be a, a perfect opportunity for me to learn more about the AK-style shotguns. And um, with our guests, Mike and Lan from at Arms joining us for, it's like your third episode that you've been on. Uh, this is awesome.
4: I think so. Yeah, yeah it third
2: one. Yeah, you guys. Did you just- have having- I don't know why. It's starting to be a habit. <laughs> well, I love it because you guys are always drinking like a, a, some sort of a, like a blue moon or something beer. It's like, apparently you've got a bar below. I don't know.
4: <laughs>
3: Wheat beer, yeah. Wheat beer is the way to go. Not No hops, please.
2: <laughs> no hops. I got it.
3: Yeah. We're not from the IPA, uh, IPA generation, so. <laughs> uh, I don't, that
2: one. don't like the IPAs myself. Uh, I'm drinking, myself, I'm drinking a Hard Mountain Dew. Uh, Thanks. Bringing that to the table. I need a little sweetness in my mouth. Of course, Drew rocks the non-alcoholic Dews.
1: I'm having a uh, Mountain Dew Zero uh, Spark today. Ooh,
2: I hate those. (laughs) I hate the sparks. I've got a whole case.
1: You're more of a major melon guy.
2: i got a whole case here for you. When you come over next,
1: I probably left them there.
2: No, actually, I I bought them, but you have left other ones, so I appreciate that. Um, so let's let's start off talking a little bit about the history of the AK-12, and basically, it starts in with the beginning of the AK-47 because it's basically just a blown up version of the AK-47. But it seemed to have taken a, a while for them to implement this uh, this style into, you know, a twelve gauge. So I'm going to let Mike and Lam because they seem to know a great deal more about the history than I do on these AK-12s. But we're looking at somewhere in the '90s when when they actually started producing these. So take it, guys. Yeah, like
4: like Drew said earlier, all the way back in the 1997. 1997- Uh, (laughs) when they started making these shotguns, basically, and then uh, Mike can expand on them. They started with the Sega. um, or So so the the Kalashnikov
3: Concern, uh, which at at the time, I don't know if they were called that exactly, there was an Ishmash. So the the IT-109 was the shotgun that was imported into the United States um, in a sporterized configuration. And that's the one that most people know is the Sega 12 and um, it was a uh, rock-and-lock-style magazine. It's a short-stroke gas piston system. Um, you know, all, most of every early edition is going to be a rock-and-lock uh, magazine with no uh, magwell, with a straight-insert magazine. But they are a, um, a diversion from uh, the rifle in, in the sense that they use a short-stroke gas piston system. So there's a, a little short, small piston inside the gas block that uh, allows you to harness the, um, you know, the the energy from a from a shotgun uh, cartridge, which is not near what you get out of a rifle. And so you have to capture all that energy to be able to cycle the action. And so that's the big diversion um, the AK uh, receivers large enough to accept the 12 gauge cartridge. So it made it possible, you know, with the geometry and so forth. and. Uh, and then I kind of went from there. You know, the, the AK uh, had already been adapted to a variety of large cartridges. So it proved that it could handle the length, um, but the, the overall size of the cartridge um, and diameter uh, was, the, was like one of the biggest things to overcome. And then most of the reliability issues related to um, the, the shotgun itself have been related to the fact that the 12 gauge cartridge, is just not meant to be stacked on its side.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: so that's one of the things that you have to, uh, the reason why they haven't been a prolific number of uh, manufacturers of that style of shotgun. Um, it's definitely had an evolution from the early versions uh, of like I was saying of the IC-109, which is a straight rock and lock, very uh, neutered sporterized shotgun that was imported all the way to the latest models of Veper twelve that were imported before the, the the ban on Molot also, which is um the RPK shotgun. So the Sega essentially is an AK shotgun and the uh, Molot or the Vepper is an RPK shotgun. And it's just basically the style receiver, the style trunnion um that it's built around. Um yeah. but but again the 12 makes- the cartridge yeah, is we, the biggest hold-up to the whole thing being a awesome system. <laughs> did, did the
4: mm-hmm, first yeah. one have that bolt interrupt system in it, was, they had the
3: Sega? Well, they had a manual bolt hold open in, the, in the Sega. It's not a last-round bolt hold open. So, the, um, so, like, this is not quite an one, Iz 109 but they, the early guns um, had rock and lock mags. Mm-hmm. And so this is a uh, so a Sega-based gun.
4: So I had adjustable gas, mm-hmm. regulators, so
3: high-low. High yeah, two-position, uh, rock and lock magazine. There's a piston inside here. And so then- what,
4: what that does is it creates a small chamber so it, it can capture that gas, make enough pressure to cycle the system, and then that pushes a puck back, which strikes the operation or upright, and then that cycles the bolt back. And so that's why it's called a short-stroke system.
3: Yeah, there's just not enough pressure here um, to to harness it and push it sh- straight on the end of the uh, of the piston like it is on a or of the op rod like it is on a rifle. The rifles have right. a surplus of energy, surplus of gas, and the shotguns have like basically just enough. But this one's got like an AK-100 style folder on it, thing like things like that. So it's uh, one of the variations that were imported.
2: And they typically had the uh, optics rail mount on the side too
3: yeah so these have the side rail on the side yeah
2: yeah so i've got so this is the, one of these oh, yeah. this is the um kusa They call it the comrade um,
3: yeah and, and uh, that's an analog i mean the, the the receiver and the action is an analog of the of essentially of the original sega 12 so right. that that analog uh design was based around that you know early sega 12.
4: Yeah,
3: Check
1: the rocky lock. yeah.
4: Rock,
3: yeah, rock lock.
1: so I'll, I'll throw this out i worked for rwc for quite some time and then later for okay. usa before i worked for um uh century arms so i've been nice. i've been very very familiar with the iz series of the segas i sold segas up until they were banned and then um, sold the the, the Kalashnikov, uh shotguns after that. Um, but as far as like everything everything we're talking about is absolutely correct. Um, the, the Iz's uh, 109s, which is what everyone refers to the the Saga or Sega 12s, um, are all Rock and Locks. Um, but that design was constant. Um, they never went away from a Rock and Lock mag for any of the Sega Sega shotguns. They were always um, Rock and Lock mags. The Mullet Vepper. Um, or Vepper 12s, obviously being an RPK different has a different type of mag, but I would say just like a, a funny little piece of information that a lot of uh, people here don't know is that the Molat Vepper, about 95% of that was actually manufactured at Izzy and parts right. shipped over to be assembled at Molat. Um, and because they made two competing designs, but at the end of the day, Izzy was the one who actually made almost the entire gun. Um, and they were just assembled at Malat, which is kind of an interesting thing because you ever we in America we saw them as highly competitive products, like you either sure. like are you like Vepper, you like Sega, you like Vepper. The end of the day it was the same company selling both, um, which was kind of an interesting uh, little bit <laughs> debate. And because of that, they were allowed to import into the United States way after um, RWC or Kalashnikov was allowed to, um, yep. because the U.S. government didn't realize that the guns were actually manufactured at the then, you know, ban from importation Izzy, at Izzy Factory. Um, sure. I don't know how they figured it out, but eventually, one day, there was a letter written and said, hey, no more of these veppers can come in, either. Um, so, yeah, I was kind of seeing turn of events there when the uh, the Russian bans all went down. Thanks, Obama. Yeah, that, that, uh,
3: that bit of history that you dropped it there was, was basically what kind of turned on and turned off, you know, our supply of veppers, and yeah. so we we were uh, in for uh, for us as a company, kind of after the Sega ban, um, but while Vepers were still available. And then, you know, we went so hard on them that we still have some today. But we had to ride that unfortunate, you know, wave of of they're they're, they're gone. Well, now they what's still here in the United States is available, and and shotguns just weren't as popular as the rifles. And so the rifles evaporated quickly and the shotguns just took a, a bit longer to actually, um, you know, fall out of inventory everywhere. And so, um, so unfortunately, yet yeah, you're absolutely right. There are no more coming in the United States, but for some period of time, and the, the one reason why that, honestly, the face-to-three gun was uh, was changed is because the, uh, the availability of the, of the Molot Bepper for, for the last, like, seven years, um, you know, until the ban happened... Uh, you know about four years back or whatever it was yep.
1: yeah yeah but yeah it was a sad day for all I I love very them. much so yeah
3: so it's been it's uh definitely you know uh prompted a huge change in the market and you know it's hard to say exactly where it'll all go but it's got to be you know all domestic you know or at least a a, a large portion of domestic you know moving forward it's just the way it's going to be yep yeah
2: so here's uh, for our video audience. I've got a picture of the vepper in. So major differences between the Sega. Oh, another uh, little piece of history here about the Sega is that it's named after the Sega Antelope. Yep. Did, did, yeah. did you guys
3: know that? Quite it a- was
1: originally only allowed into the country as a sporting weapon. So they named yep. it after yeah. um, here's a... Here's a
3: transition person. model. There's a transition model right here. So this actually is a Sega uh, um, Trunion Sega Mark gun, but it has a Vepper style, what you would consider a Vepper style Magwell. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a very good import uh, through Legion. I mean, you may, guys may at RWC may have had some of these also. Yeah. Um, but it, instead of having an RPK, you know, front end on it, it's got the AK front end. Um, it didn't have the Picatinny. Uh, gas block on it but it t- took straight insert magazines um does have the actually this one does not have the last round bolt open system but it does have the hinge style dust cover so it's hinged and attached here it is a straight insert mag but this isn't like your normal pepper mag it's got a slightly different uh, geometry and different design to it but this is a, a transition from the uh, from the rock and lock sega into uh straight vapor based guns um uh, that that had that had that style magwell. Yeah.
1: so <laughs> yeah it was wild man there was uh, so many different sega variants and the pistol grip ones and the you know the those shotguns um were never imported in that fashion lots of different companies bought the straight iz's from honestly for me <laughs> a lot of them yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. i sold them um but uh to do the conversions to them and then of course rwc also did in-house conversions um and, yep. and not like just changing furniture like a lot of people think you actually have to move uh trigger guards um there's a, there's, there's a lot more to it than just slapping different furniture on the guns and um right. i just want to talk about that real quick just for people who still have the old straight guns um i still you know see it pop up on boards I and mean, we sold a lot of these shotguns into the market and a lot of them are still sitting in cardboard boxes when the original straight sporterized configurations. Um, so people do pop up and they want to, they want to, um, you know, do the conversions to those guns. Um, it's not incredibly hard. It is something that, you know, a semi handy guy can do. Um, so don't be frightened of it necessarily. Um, but there are places like dissident that you can get these kind of parts. Um, the OG guy who first really started doing it was Carolina shooting products out of Charlotte. Um, He was one of the first guys you could find on the internet that sold like pieces and adapters and little parts to kind of fix some of the issues. Um, He really made a lot of stuff for the Lynx, the really shitty Chinese ones, Um, the Lynx ones that came in. He actually made parts that you could change out to make those run really well. Um, But yeah, so if you have one of the old IZs, you know, you see these pictures and you see the stuff we're showing on the video screen, but yours doesn't look like that. Um, you can make it look like that. It's uh, it's it's very doable, and there still are parts out there available to do it. And um, I know a lot of lead heads, especially guys who are listening to the AK corner, are guys that like to tool around with their stuff. Um, so yeah, it's not crazy hard. It's not crazy easy. Um, but yeah, if you can if you can build your own AK, you can 100% do it. But I think if you're just pretty handy, um, you guys can do those conversions yourself. And man, every once in a while, I still see one of those old IZs pop up at a pawn shop somewhere for a couple hundred bucks. Um, with the straight stock on them, so keep your eyes open. They're still out there.
2: Sop those up with oh, a yeah. biscuit if you see those. Oh
1: yeah, I buy them every time I. do. <laughs> <laughs> but,
2: but yet yeah, you couldn't lay hands on one for the for the show today.
1: <laughs> oh, there. Well, Marty, you you've been to my house.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know it's a mess.
1: <laughs> well, it's not just that; it's just that I have all my safes filled like cordwood. You know, they're just stocked, stacked cordwood. <laughs> it's like Jenga. Yeah, it's not the most efficient but it works.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, uh the two I guess two that most people think of, we just the Sega and the the Vepper are the the two most common uh, AK shotguns uh, when they come to mind. Now, they, they had different calibers too other than the the 12 on the Sega. They had the the 410. They had um did they have a 16 gauge.
3: Okay. 20.
2: A 20-gauge. 20 20. That's what it was.
3: Here's a 20-gauge, a and it's uh, it's in that straight sporterized configuration. Oh, nice. That's we're to This is one of the longer barrels. I want to say it's probably like a 22-inch barrel version, but this is a 20-gauge. And so I got a plan to customize this later, but this is one of the guns that uh, we'll do something with. It's mainly just as part of the collection. It's not like I'm a big 20-gauge fan, but it does show... Um, that this was done.
4: Yeah, there's going to be a but yeah, pre-conversion. So this is
3: pre-conversion, it's got these uh, non- <laughs> so uh, Linkage holes. Correct, yeah, so you would you would move this trigger group into the original position and to do it right, these would be welded up. You would uh, remove this trigger guard and rivet one on. There's a lot of orphan holes that to be done correctly, you would weld them all up. And, uh, and you know, I don't like to use any bolt-on parts, so we'd rivet on a trigger guard and so forth. Uh, the mag catch would still be good to go unless you uh, wanted to actually integrate it all together. But, anyways, long story short is is it can be done, but there are right ways and wrong ways to do it, or uh, inexpensive bolt-on ways and and correct ways to do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, uh, the the twenty gauge is a short stroke setup, so there is a, a little sh- a piston in here that moves and pushes on the off rod. Um, so that that is a uh, a That's very nice. or not very popular caliber. In this particular gun, I'm not sure how many were imported, but it uh, it's not one that you see all the time.
2: Now, Dissident, are you guys uh, taking other people's? Can people send you their guns, and and you guys can customize them for them? or Are you just doing your own thing and then selling them? Yeah, no, no, we do
3: conversions. Yeah, we do conversions and in individual services. So if somebody wants just a um, you know a basic saving conversion, we can do that. If they want to um, you know go from uh, you know, their unmodified Sega all the way to what we call uh, an S12 Elite, which would be a um, an essentially the same as our KS12 Elite. Oh, so this is a completely um, tricked out. I mean, there's more U.S. parts uh, on there than uh, would be Russian parts. If it was a Russian gun, this is a KS12 original here.
4: So, so what this, what we did here was to make it competition friendly. We took a rock and Lock based receiver. We made it. To, we uh, machined it to where. It, Except magazines. So you can just straight insert the magazine quickly like that.
2: AR style.
4: Super easy. Yeah, simple system. You do have the left side charging handle, right side charging handle as well, ambidextrous Uh and then we came up with this little safety extension too. Oh nice. So that just that just makes manipulation. So from there to on target, you know, out to seven yards, you're about a half a second out.
3: But, but guys well, guys we have um, we have like models that you can we can do a conversion on or if you're wanting your gun just to be somewhere in between uh, all of one of our elite models uh or a basic conversion we have uh uh they're basically gun builders for each of the top style shotguns and mm-hmm. you would take your uh whatever style of shotgun that you have and you would choose what services you want done to it and so um and so basically kind of
2: deal you can say i want yeah, this but i don't yeah, want that yeah. done to it yeah
3: yeah and then there's some built-in discounts there so you get the largest discount of course in the full packages but um but we do we i mean we do a little bit of everything um you know we we, uh, we twist a lot of wrenches ourselves but we do have gunsmiths on staff and uh, coders and so forth are so. you
2: just doing uh segas and uh vepers or can you uh, convert others?
3: KS12 based guns, uh, KS based guns. Uh, we we do do some work on the links uh, or the VP12, but it's just hard just to back up the work long term. Not just your work is not good, but the gun itself. It's just you know your bill costs more than the gun cost, and that's <laughs> yeah. sometimes it's hard. Uh, that's the reason we can't build on the gun. It's just the if the uh, the imported guns are just our. Uh, are overly hard metal uh, in in most cases, in most cases. The guns are... are
4: Russian-based guns are, are overbuilt as far as the um, the metallurgy and, mm. and just the, the hardness of metal and material.
3: They're just lacking some of the design. So they're using a design that was never originally done on SolidWorks, that wasn't used in modeling and so forth. And so the design itself of the imported guns lacks what maybe you would get in a u.s gun but some of the u.s guns unfortunately they're using steel that's just good enough not
4: past good enough and so and so and what's an example
2: of a u.s gun well
4: that's a, that's the a case with some of the, the turkish guns and the chinese guns too it's the metallurgy right so the yeah. bolt carriers break things like that like and so for the the I don't want to say the layman, but the regular, you know, gun enthusiast and gun owner, you can shoot 5,000 rounds in a lifetime. And for, for us, like competition shooters, we shoot 10,000 rounds, 5,000 to 10,000 rounds in a year. Mm-hmm. And so once you put, start putting, you know, those systems and, and things like that, those parts through that kind of torture, um, if you will, uh, you start to, you know, exp- shine some light on some, some, some yeah.
3: issues when you get into yeah. super high round counts on the shotgun so typically shotguns can handle um you know a reasonable number of rounds it's not much lower pressure than a than a rifle and so you can get away with not having you know hammer forged everything um which is what you get on a, on a lot of the, on the sega based guns and the vapor based guns our imported guns right. but uh, in the united states everything's uh, billet and heat treated and so uh, on the shotguns, and so it it is adequate, but it's not the, it's not as hard as what you're going to get in a vapor. We have vapors with 110,000 rounds on them. Um, I mean, you'll never break the gun because it's just not. It's just not. It, there's nothing there to break, and the gun can't be shot out because the bore is a smooth bore, and um, a lot of the inefficiencies of the gun were related to the action. Kind of beating itself up over time so if you take those out of the system the gun itself is essentially a, a
4: lifetime gun and i mean and we have to kind of realize that most of these guns were built to shoot military uh, type ammunition buckshot slugs stuff like that and in low capacity magazines five ten rounds uh, even 12 round mags is is considered a low cap mag once you start putting 15 to 20 rounds in there that starts to show um, issues with the system as well, if you
2: will. Yeah. And what about the drum mags?
4: <laughs> uh, drums? Look at, look at the instructions. They say run thirteen hundred feet per second minimum. minimum. Yeah. So they want you to put some heavy loads in there, right? Yeah. So the drums. I mean the. the that's uh, why we got drum. the adjustable
2: gas too on on some of those. Yeah,
3: right yeah so the save gun has a one two position or uh high low a high-low, um and and it's basically we just call it full gas and half gas um and then there are some ones that have like multiple settings or attack uh, 47 makes an auto plug for it which has a spring in it uh that allows a certain amount of gas to escape depending on what, how you have it set and so forth um and the bepper based guns are actually a fixed gas system even though they market them as
4: an
3: auto-adjusting or self-regulating gas system. The truth is they're just a fixed gas system with it's a longer... Uh, uh, it's a, the gas block is further away from the cartridge, and so it's a longer gas system, it's lower pressure, but it's a lot more volume with the way it's set up. And so they just picked a happier medium between the high and the low. So Vepers will typically out of the box will cycle lower brass ammunition than a Sega out of the box will. And still handle high brass without beating itself up, without having a, a one-two or high-low setting. Um, but the truth of the matter is, the segas will will cycle low, lower brass ammunition once they're tuned. Um, typically, without overgassing them is where the vapor usually likes something a little bit higher because of the length of the gas system. But you don't get the front clean out and a couple of the other things that you get in a in a Sega. So. Yeah. They got. They both have their their high points and and their not so high points. But if you could mix the two together, you would. Uh, you could kind of come <laughs> up with something. If
2: right. uh, have you?
3: Guys <laughs> are <we're> here for <laughs> yeah, all a good time. You know it takes a lot to build a gun from the ground up. It does. Yeah, it takes it a is. hell of a lot. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So you were but mentioning.
3: You're know? yeah.
2: you yeah. mentioning earlier. Um, you know other like American made. What what uh, are some American-made?
1: I mean, the KS-12 is the only that's American-made. Yeah. What about really one player. JTS? It's it, it's, JTS is
4: a, a foreign-made, I think.
3: I think it's turkey Yeah, and it's not an analog. It's its, its own kind of gun, you know? JTS I mean, it's, is it's not, not American? It's so I think it assembled in Katie, I think, or some
1: but I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I don't know what's going about that gun. So I don't I don't want to over yeah, No, yeah. the AK conversation though. I mean it's not it's not the same action, it's a different thing, but correct. that's I mean, correct. Look it has a look to look like that, but it's not the same animal. Um, really, that's I'm really Oh it has uh, a
2: different it's not the uh the short stroke piston gas. I
1: <laughs> think
4: is the JTS the clone of
3: the Vector? Here, let me yeah, pull it, it up. It looks like it, but again, it, it just because it may look like a, a wrapper doesn't mean it shares the magazine. It doesn't mean it shares a, a direct fire control group or it shares an individual part at all with, uh, on the gun. That doesn't mean <laughs> yeah. much of anything if it looks uh, like it. But uh, the, um,
4: we got a bunch experience with those. I mean, like like Mike was saying, we've messed with the SDS, uh, the links imports.
3: Which, in some ways, is a is is not a direct analog, but some ways it's it's definitely yeah, copied I'll, more. Yeah, I'll the pull it up.
2: But Here's the MK12 AK uh, uh, semi-auto, 12 gauge. Uh, let's see if it tells us anything. Chrome line, four position gas system. Two. Let's see if there's pictures of the inside here. There's the gas system. Not really mm-hmm. showing us the guts, but it's got a.
3: Some of these guns will do perfectly fine with the five round mag that they come with, but to find any upgrade parts for them or to have a. a it's, you know, do well with a large capacity magazine from us. If you could get it to fit in the, in the mag well, mm-hmm. um, would probably not go so well.
4: Put a lot of stress on the system <laughs> uh, when you put, you know, 20 round mag. So, in the shells themselves. Like Mike was alluding to earlier, the shotgun shells aren't really meant to be stacked on their sides like that. And so, um, whenever you do that uh, in higher capacity magazines, you start messing with the presentation of the shells.
3: I think those the, these guys have a facility in uh, not actually in Houston area. Texas. I just don't know a ton about about the gun itself.
4: Katie
2: People Texas.
1: People They're imported. Yeah, I mean,
2: they are imported.
1: Texas. Yeah, they're yeah. imported. Manufactured in the U.S.
2: Okay. I'll have to get more info on them. I was just curious but if you there, guys... There's
1: nothing wrong with them. It's just they just look like are yeah. an a, a AK-12-gauge shotgun, but they're, they're not the same system. It's just it's a different That's thing. Correct. The Turks have That's like incorrect. four or five different ones that look like AK yep. shotguns that work just like the other AR shotguns that they make. It just looks like it, an AK shotgun.
3: Yeah. And What's... stuff will come close to fitting but won't fit, and it's just, it's just not the same gun. Yeah.
1: yeah. But, I mean, they're perfectly fine if somebody just wants that look and likes that style. They're they're perfectly fine, you know, cheap imported shotgun, um, just as good as any of the other, you know, semi-auto AR, quote-unquote AR-style shotguns that are coming out of Turkey. Um, You know, It's just a different animal than what we're talking about. Well, I don't
2: know. There may be something wrong with it or may not. I mean, I I don't have any experience with it, but I'm sure our listeners do. Um, But they are... A very affordable, three hundred and ninety-nine, so four hundred yeah, sure. bucks. You're looking at uh, for one of those JTSM twelve AKs. They're calling it AK, so I don't know. Yeah. I'd be curious to see uh, Rock Island Armory. This is you're talking about the AR-style um, yep. shotguns. Have you guys ran any then, of those? I haven't ran an AR-style twelve gauge.
3: And then all of the almost all. The, uh, the the Turkish-based shotguns that take this style magazine, uh, it's like they started out with the MK-1919, uh, MK-1919. MK, MK, MK. MK um, they are all essentially a tube-style shotgun. The gas system in them is a, is a radial gas system. It's essentially a tube gun. They unscrew from the front, but it looks like an, an AR-esque kind of thing going on with it. And so those are completely different uh, gas system in action than than any shotgun or any AK-based shotgun.
2: All right. So let's let's talk a little bit about obviously the the operating system of this versus say the Benelli. You know, inertia versus the gas system and kind of some pros and cons that uh, you get into between the two.
3: Well, you could you could never do this. Well, I say never do this. Stuff, there are reco- and recoil operated um, box fed shotguns n- now out there. Um, in my opinion, you're gonna have the, a problem running um, the largest variety of shells with not ha- not having a uh, a gas system, and then also the uh, the uh, you know using it for breaching and a lot of other things. If you have if your barrel moves uh, on it, which is like some of the recoil operated gun like the gen, gen 12 uh which isn't supposedly an ar style shotgun but its barrel moves on it uh when it unlocks um so there's <laughs> there's so many different uh ways to kind of slice it uh i, I prefer a gas uh, gas guns o- mm-hmm. over they start soccer shooting typically um you're going to have less recoil less recoil means faster follow-up shots um You know, our race guns, everything designed on our race guns is built around not making the dot move. Not necessarily the lowest recoil possible, but a very linear recoil um, that's very manageable, repeatable, and predictable. And then the least amount of dot movement of the gun. And, and, you know, that um, we've literally tested every style gun. So Benelli uh, in in competition, you know, on Mm -hmm. that setting. So Benelli's really long tubes on them. Um, Benelli's with uh, speed loaders that you push the sticks in, uh, like Jerry Mitchell uses.
4: Boarded barrels,
3: boarded barrels, mid barrel, barrel comps. Um, uh, the, the, the 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 Turkish style, you know, AR shotguns. Um, uh, there's a Benelli with a turret system made by Mark Roth at RCI that has a has a turret system that rotates on the Benelli. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of those become cumbersome. There's just lot like lots of. Different things that you give up with one system versus another system. So if you're talking about I want to shoot is like literally five pounds of lead downrange within seconds. There's nothing that can beat a box style um, yes. AK system. action. Yeah. There's really nothing that can beat it. There's nothing. It's, so the number one uh, <clears throat> shotgun in the world is a distant arms KL12. It was proved in France in 2019 by Josh Freilich. He's the world shotgun champion. Uh, he beat everybody in the world with one of our shotguns. He shot 110,000 rounds through a gun in 11 months to prepare for the uh, for the world shoot. And then went there and as an unknown, essentially, and beat everybody in the world with uh, a second gun.
2: Holy shit. So, 110,000 yeah. rounds. <laughs> <laughs>
3: he's a he's a guy that likes to practice a lot and he got really that's good, more so. than 50
2: people or 100 people shooting a lifetime uh, yeah
3: yep. yeah and, and that's that's one of the reasons why we went really you know went really behind the vapor platform a lot is because we it proved itself as a durable gun that could uh not only give you your what would, the three things we look for we look for um in match reliability um match to match um uh, durability and then the longevity of the shotgun. So season to season, year to year, uh, durability, or excuse me, longevity. And so those, those three things right there allow us to say, well, we're going to put a lot into this gun. It's going to have a price tag attached to it, but it's going to perform. It's going to perform at the highest level. And it also will maintain its value and be serviceable for a lifetime. And so those, those things allowed us to really propel the gun to a, a higher level than, um, would have been possible if the gun didn't have the ability to do that. And so, um, and then competition itself is something that, you know, really pushes things to, to the limits, but you're allowed to still fail as where like, you know, something straight military oriented and things like that. You have to have, you know, ultimate amount of reliability. No Good, your life is on the line. There's no reshoots allowed. Right. And, yeah. and, uh, but we also proved that, uh, with those competitions and super high round counts that the gun could be used as a working gun. Typically shotguns aren't primaries. They're some type of secondary uh, uh, gun, you know, breaching gun or, um, you know, crowd control and things like that. But at the same time, um, we, we took everything we knew about the gun and we shrunk it down into our our eight inch gun here. And so this right here is internally choked <laughs> and has so a, a micro gap system on it, but this is a completely um, gas operated gun that will shoot, you know, upside down with her pinky on a drum reaching doors. So <laughs> it brick- literally will run things so that's a 20 round bag. And this is the gun. Wow. So. Badass.
2: <laughs> that's awesome. Now with the, you know, the importation ban that, uh, hit a few years ago, are you finding, did you find it hard to get the guns to work on?
3: Um, so we, so at, at the time, uh, we were really concerned with, you know, we were guys with day jobs still at the time. And so we, this wasn't our business that we had to, you know, make it on. And so, um, we were concerned with it and we wanted to have the guns long-term. And so we started purchasing veppers at the time, um, basically as many as we could afford, you know, whatever we made as a company would just got put into more guns. And, um, and then that, that. You know, without getting to all the details that rolled into, you know, a, 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 uh, Pretty, that rolled into something, to, to something that we like focused on for a couple of years. And we found partners in the industry to make sure that we did, were supplied with peppers and we're, we do still hold them today. Unfortunately, it is a dwindling supply. We're not able to, to re up, so to speak. Um, we do do a lot of work on the KS 12 platform. Uh, we think it's a viable platform. Um, we, uh, do a ton of work on them. We sell a lot of them also. Um, uh, and, but uh, individuals will also send us guns. So yeah. those that are able to find a vepper for a good deal, like we can't be at every local gun shop. We can't be at every.
2: Sure. Pond, gun,
3: every gun pawn shop. Shopper. You know what I mean? So there are a lot of de- deals out there, you know, gun brokers in the place to find deals. Um, so, uh, so a lot of guys will have guns they already own. Maybe somebody else worked on them when they're Segas. A lot of times those have been touched by somebody. Vepers usually haven't been upgraded by by any shop, usually it's the individual. Um, and so they'll send those to us. And as long as the gun isn't, you know, unserviceable, which we've only ever had like two guns be non-serviceable before, yeah. uh, uh, then we can basically convert it to anything they want or somewhere in between, whether it's an SBS competition-oriented shotgun or, you know, any something in between, so...
2: Do you think that, uh, like, like we're seeing the AK-47, we're seeing more and more American companies um, starting to build, basically, like, century. I mean, they're building their own AKs here in America, so we're not having to rely on the importation. Do you think that's going to uh, eventually transcend to the, to the, uh, the shotgun?
3: I mean, I I would like to see it. I just think that the that most companies aren't going to see, they don't see the numbers in shotguns and uh, box shotguns in particular uh, that, that they're going to see with rifles. And so it doesn't make that investment quite as appealing. And, I, and, I, and I, you know, and there's nothing against the shotgun itself. It's just a pure numbers thing. Um, but that being said, the, the, I think it's the dawn of the box fed. <laughs> I call it that. And what I mean yeah. by it is that, is that um, the ability to detach the magazine from the gun and, um, uh, unload quickly and reload quickly and change types of ammunition. Um, I think that that, that, if that, if that right there makes it so appealing that if you can un- overcome the, uh, some of the problems that you have with the system related to the cartridge, related to some of the current models available, um, and that somebody actually focused on the gun from the ground up, that, that there, there could be actually quite deep into the pool. It's just, not quite realized right now. That's the way I, my personal thinking.
2: Yeah, it's it's kind of an untouched um, category, so to speak, of of guns. Uh, right there's right there. a lot
3: of interest in it. It's, it's we can harness harness that interest and make it a, something viable. Yeah.
4: Well, since, since the ban, I mean, it's been harder for us to get parts, and so we started to you know bring those parts, uh, that part manufacturing here to the states, so stateside, mm-hmm. and so it, eventually it's going to build up into. An entire shotgun
3: itself. And then we've, you know, and it's no h- huge um, secret because we've been on some social media and all that, but we've been uh, in talks with Federal about uh, designing ammunition that's, that's really de- durable. That's designed, yeah, designed for a box gun, but designed just to be durable in general. Because like, uh, for instance, military-style buckshot, LEO buckshot's designed to be loaded and reloaded and loaded and reloaded out of the gun, mm-hmm. racked out, rack, 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 racked, rack, racked out, Put back in, and then not have pellets fall out. Well, a lot of those things, if you bring that into birdshot, which is, isn't typically done, then now we have something that's potentially more reliable in a box gun. And so um, there's there's you just got to think about the whole system itself, and while why there's problems, and is it is it just the uh, you know how it was built uh, by who the manufacturer is, or is it the fact that you don't have a hard nose cartridge? that has a very tight SAMI spec like rifle rounds do, <laughs> and pistol rounds do, is where a shotgun is a very wide SAMI spec and the, the, um, the-
4: So many different styles
3: of crib you know, and, and then it doesn't maintain a case gauge after being loaded, most ammunition. Um, so most people's problems are related to the poor ammunition that they choose.
1: Yeah, I would say over 90% of the problems are the ammunition
3: yeah it's yeah yeah. shitty it's magazines okay. and it's, and it's, part of, it's just part of the part of the problem and, and and you know we we you know we call it tier one ammu- ammunition so we we give our full warranty our full reliability all on tier one ammo we, we we basically take one step back from that and introduce a one in 100 malfunction when you start using tier two ammo and then you use tier Three ammo or below then you're just talking about a shit show you know you should don't even use it or or basically if you want to use 12 round mags with tier two ammo you're gonna have ultimate reliability also but if you want to use really really big mags you want to use drums you're gonna to have to use the best ammo available and not necessarily the most powerful ammo but the best hole quality the yeah. actual plastic part of the shell so
2: makes sense so yeah. the um and I think, you know, probably one of the big resistances, you know, the inertia shotguns here in America. You know, that's just kind of what what everybody was cut their teeth on here. And, you know, you got that just that mentality of, you know, this is kinda, you know, like we talked about, we had that episode about the A K being the bad guy gun um uh, last year, Andrew. You know, uh-huh. I think I think people still see the the AK shotgun kind of has that where you know the inertia the Benelli's the the Remingtons the um um what's that other company that makes them the
3: uh, Beretta yeah Beretta try, try to show up at a trap range try to show up at a trap range with a box gun and see how you're treated
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> right exactly
3: yeah you have two rounds, <laughs> for hunting or for your uh, your local trap range yeah
2: yeah. But the inertia, you know, they rely so much on getting that recoil, you know, getting proper shoulder placement, uh, you know, or you know, you could risk you know, squibbing your shot or whatever, getting a, a misfeed. And uh, with these, you don't have yep. to worry about that, you know, with the box feds. That that's one less worry that you got to worry about, and they're they're smoother, uh, flatter shooters. Um, so I don't. I think they're going to take off. I think once people start using them more for the traditional type hunting and and whatnot, then that's where they're really going to take off.
1: Uh, I think we'll see, Marty, because we sold I don't know probably a million and a half box fed shotguns in the last year. Mm-hmm. Literally, not even. I'm not even being sarcastic. Um, so if there's ever a time for box fed shotguns to ever take off or ever catch on, it's right now.
2: But you got to um, look at how many that versus is, the, inertia, the inertia ones. You know, there's probably 20, 30 million of those sold.
1: Yeah, no, no, not that many. But I'm just talking about just last year. But, but I think my, I think my point more is that the issue is we sold tons and tons and tons and tons of box fed shotguns, and most of them are crap.
2: So um, let me ask you this: What century sold
1: But is going to do the opposite effect. People are going to to associate box fed shotguns with the lack of rei- reliability. Um, I love, obviously, I sell them, I sold them, I love them, I have tons of them, I'm a huge fan, I love the Dissident Arm stuff, everything I've seen that they make is incredible, and they're 100% correct, you're not going to find a faster, better shooting, semi-automatic shotgun, I I don't even say boxed it, I mean semi-automatic shotgun, period, Um, that's going to keep up or shoot with this style shotgun, but unfortunately, it's still kind of a niche market. Um, When you talk about why aren't a bunch of American companies making these guns, it's because the KS-12 is a great shotgun. works fantastic. And they sell them. People are happy. People that want that style gun, buy it. Um, you know, you can pretty much walk in any decent-sized gun shop in the United States, and they have probably one or two on the shelves.
2: Well, and I'm not saying a bunch of guns. Con- I'm just saying, yeah. you know, it's, it I- starts small. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but what I'm saying is, the just like
2: are, the AK uh, did, and we've seen a resurgence in the AK now. You know, it's just a big renaissance yeah. with the the AK-47 these days, and I think that's that's what we're looking at with the the AK shotguns. You know, as we're you know we're 20 years back with it, like we were with the AK-47 20 years ago or so, and it's it'll probably exponentially catch up quicker than it you know than the AK-47 caught on, I think in my opinion.
4: It's important. imports. I think because because the AK-47 is having that kind of renaissance, like, like you're saying, it's going to open the door for the shotgun. Because yeah. a lot of times we hear, like when we started doing the co- uh, conversions and customization, a lot of people would ask, well, can you put AR-style controls on it? Because that, that was the, the barrier. They wanted AR-style controls because they were familiar with that. Yeah. But now that a lot of people have the AKs, they – are familiar with the type of safeties and mag releases and stuff like that. I think that does open the door for the shotguns because, sure. I mean, as long as into to what, you know, to what Drew alluded to, if you can show that they, there is a reliable system out there that puts the fun back into it because nobody likes to go to the range and dig around with a gun that won't shoot all day. Right. But if you can right. go and have something that you're familiar with as far as controls it's fun to shoot like a shotgun. I mean, you can shoot everything you shoot basically explodes. I mean, you can shoot a clay, it explodes. You can shoot all sorts of shit, really. And then, you know, you can shoot steel up to, you know, as close to as 10, 7 yards. So, I mean, really, you can shoot anything with the shotgun. Drew's right, though. He, he, everybody <laughs> thinks that.
3: when you pull out a box gun, unless it's one of our guns, everybody thinks it's going to jam. I mean, just the way it is. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's,
1: it's, it's going it. to take time to, to, to change that opinion. And Correct. The- and then, the- well, that's the- my
2: and that's my point. Yeah, yeah, that's my but point. That's why, oh, awesome.
1: that's why I was being so specific about that JS, d- that JWS well, shotgun, Marty. JT, is because yeah. things like that are what's giving the real shit, like what dissidents making and what Kalashnikov is making, a bad name. Um so that's why I didn't want to associate that gun with what we we're talking about. Well maybe, but
2: I don't know anything about the JTS, so I don't know what they're doing. Or the
1: J W whatever the one we were you were showing. The
2: JTS, it was the JTS. But anyway, yeah. that aside, you were talking about you you with Century Arms have been selling box fed shotguns. Is that correct?
1: Oh god, yeah, we've sold all kinds of them. Imported. Like
2: like the cat of the one I'm showing right here, the, the catamount oh, yeah. fury?
1: Which is um which is the Chinese version. Um so we sold the catamounts um. Obviously, there's the Lynx. There was the Jaguar. Um, there's four or five different things. They're all coming from a couple different factories in China.
2: Yeah. Um.
1: And and yeah. those guns, just like they discussed earlier, definitely have metallurgical issues. Um. They always yeah. do, there's a lot of conversion parts to make those guns run a lot better, but they pretty much won't shoot anything but high brass out of the box. So, um, the shotguns, I mean, like shotguns are
3: easy uh, to import. And so, and so, so much, so much comes out of Turkey and other countries that, that basically they're, they're easy to import. They're, they don't cost a ton to make. Um, they make thousands of them a day of that particular model. And so, and so, or I say thousands of them a day, hundreds of them a day. And then uh, it, 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 because they're making them so cheap and importing so many, they're not doing the platform any favors. And, and, and I agree with that point completely. Yeah,
1: that's, yeah. that's. That's the point I was trying to make. Okay, well,
3: yeah, I get so that, and that, and and that makes point. sense. And, and yeah. I drive home all the time because people will ask us, "Well, how come you guys don't make parts for the VR80, and how come you don't make parts for XYZ um, Turkish shotgun or Chinese shotgun?" And it's because you know we're trying to make sure we still have our can save face uh, when we see you next time, you know, and and so and so that's um, and and so it's it's unfortunate, but at the same time we get it. Um, I think that eventually it'll be overcome. It should, but it's it's not going to be an easy thing
4: to do. But um, it, well, I mean, essentially, if, if we're if we're already manufacturing the parts that need to be replaced in that gun or in those guns, we should pour that effort and energy into making our own gun. Um, and so that's basically what we're doing. Well, yeah. you're short
3: one spring. You can't make your own gun, so you gotta. You gotta, you right. be, you gotta be ready when you do that. Yeah, so. gotta <laughs> have those parts.
2: Gotta have the the backup to the backup when you when you do yeah. that. Uh, but but no, that's why we're doing this show, you know, is to educate people, you know, and that's what it comes down yeah. to is educating uh, the consumer. Um, and you guys are doing an excellent job on that, by the way. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, and and Drew, um, I, I kind of wanted to talk more about the the century arm stuff. So talk about some of the other ones that you guys are importing. Uh, um, currently we're not
1: importing any ak style 12 gauge shotguns at all okay um just the uh, the last supplies um you know i don't i don't want to get too much into it but that's fine Just not something we're interested in importing currently in the versions that are currently being made or or available um okay. i'll just nothing currently that we want to import um on that platform um that doesn't mean that something won't be coming down the line later sure um but uh just currently there's just you know, everything's been inundated with certain style of shotgun, which we also import as well. We import the AR-style. We, we have imported the AR-style 12-gauge Turkish shotguns. We have imported the Bullpup 12-gauge box-fed shotguns. We have imported a lot of stuff. Um, it became very popular. People want it. People buy it. That's what we do. We import stuff that people want to buy. Um, you know, we're not just an AK company. I know that's what we're associated with to a majority, but you know, obviously Marty, we make the eight, a- we import the AP five, yeah. which is uh, a roller delay HK style, um, uh, pistol. We also, the import Annex. You know, stuff. um, canics obviously is, is a huge, huge portion of what we do. Um, now, as far as the USAKs, we were the first people to do that and we are heavily in been involved in the importation of AK 47s for the last 50 years. Um, so we're definitely are very involved in the AK market, but we're also involved in a lot of other stuff as well. I mean, when we had good, reliable sources for AK-style shotguns, we brought them into the country. Um, you know, some were better than others, um, but that's just the nature of imports. Um, and that's, you know, some, some factories in China make better shotguns than other factories in China. Some factories in Turkey make better shotguns than other factories in Turkey. Um, so it's kind of a trial and error thing. Um, you know, finding the right factory to make the right quality product. Let me before. ask
2: you this: um, because of that importation ban, um, there's there's like a a, a grace period, or you know, how long a gun's got to be in another country before it can come here? What's five years? It's twenty five years, so ninety seven. Uh,
1: shotgun is different yeah. on a shotgun or on rifles.
2: Say it. Uh, no. Different. Say it again,
1: I, Land. It's twenty-five years uh, in China. Uh, shotguns, I believe, it's five years. Okay, yeah, I, I, I'm not familiar with that at all. But okay, as far like I know that that rifles, um, specifically Chinese rifles, is twenty-five. Um, but I don't. But shotguns are always different. That's why we import so many of them. No, uh, yeah. shotguns. shotguns are are not the Department of Commerce, not a
4: uh, state. State, state, Department state, Department
1: state Department thing. Something. Yeah, so it's so much easier to import shotguns. We can still import shotguns from China. We can't import handguns. And we can't import rifles from China, but we can still import shotguns. But
2: from Russia we can't import anything, correct? That
1: that's a separate that's a whole separate deal. Yeah. The Russian thing is a whole separate deal. Um, that's those are specific sanctions against specific companies.
2: Right. Um, But does that transcend to if those if that company, say, sent some shotguns to Holland and Holland had and we imported those guns from Holland
1: illegal, we would still be importing product manufactured from a... It's no different than oil, Marty, or... Well,
2: you and I had this conversation on another episode with the SKSs. Yeah, those
1: and SKSs that were manufactured in China have to stay, remain in a neutral country for 25 years before they can be imported into the United States.
2: Yeah, so I'm saying, so I'm trying, so get, get with me here. I'm trying to relate this to the shotguns, that if Russia sent these shotguns to another country and they they aged that they, you know, for the time period they needed to age in another country, could we then import them into
4: America? Certainly.
2: Okay. So if you
4: have some connexes in, like, Estonia you know about, I mean, you should let us know, Marty.
2: That's (laughs) what I'm talking about,
4: guys. (laughs) I mean, shit. One container, please. Send a
2: note to to Russia and say, hey, send this country, and if it's only five years— then we can but, get our supply back, you know.
1: But Marty, that we, we don't I, I don't know that information. I don't know what I'm the not an
2: attorney. I don't either, but I'm yeah. just I'm thinking I don't know here. What
1: the specifics of those? If it was simply an import ban, then I think that would work perfectly fine. But this isn't an import ban. It's actually a sanction against a specific company. So I don't know what the fine details of that would be. If we were straight up saying importing. Okay, but you're
2: with yes, me on what be. I'm trying to accomplish yeah. here, right?
1: I do, but I don't yeah. think okay. it's something else. Quit good. pissing
2: in my Cheerios, Andrew.
1: Yeah, no. <laughs> <one knows that. laughs> uh, yeah, I wouldn't put my money up on it. How about that?
2: Well, I mean, that's what attorneys are for. So, yeah, talk to him.
1: Mean, anything's possible.
2: I'm just trying to get these guys some more guns so they can keep make making these awesome dissident I mean, arms.
1: I've seen the stuff they built off the cast. Right. It's pretty badass. Yep. But yeah, I don't yeah, think that's I mean to build. I think that. Um, the stuff they've done on the ks 12 platform has been pretty phenomenal.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. But if you had your druthers guys, which ones would you rather work? <laughs> the work <pepper>. <laughs>
1: the pepper. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, They're the best.
2: I'm trying to solve a problem here. <laughs> but,
1: you know, it's one of those things too. If, if the market deemed it, you know, profitable, someone would start making peppers here. Um, yeah. You all know, right. and you know exactly who I'm talking about yeah <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if they thought it was it was something that was going to be supportable to to actually tool up and manufacture I think it would already be be being manufactured right. but I think in the future it's something that can definitely and probably will happen in the future as popularity grows
2: all right let's move on um, anything else as far as the history or uh, maybe some trivia or something that that we should talk <laughs> about before we get into <laughs> the listener questions.
3: Yeah, so uh, we were talking about calibers. This is just one that I bought off Gunbroker a couple years back, but this is a sporterized four ten., but this has the still has a short stroke system in it. Oh, nice. So this is a four ten shotgun, but still with a short stroke system. And then this one here is interesting in the sense that, it's a long stroke, so it's got a rifle-style gas block, and it's just got a uh, an op rod with, with, which actually acts as the piston, just like a rifle does. And so, I've because done. of the higher pressure you get out of a four ten, um, this actually gun will operate with a long stroke uh, piston system. Oh. So, pretty interesting. And so, this is a uh, mm-hmm. I forgot exactly what uh, Sega model it is. Uh but anyways this is a, a Legion import. Uh I forgot what the one that exactly what they call it, but Nice. But it's the uh four ten that has got the uh AK one hundred look to it.
2: And you're gonna do a conversion on that one?
3: Um uh, that one's actually are already converted up. So this one here I mean
2: a, a dissonant arms. This, this you're gonna do here. a dissonant arms. And I'm,
3: I'm, I'm, Turn this into something else here. So this yeah. uh, this will be a project done. The other one there is already done. Yeah, we'll probably leave those traditional.
2: I got you.
4: Yeah. You know you don't have to race them. No, I think the the four
2: ten <laughs> is you know the perfect round for or caliber for you know kids to get into uh, into oh, yeah. shooting. <laughs> See more of that.
3: Founded in twenty twelve iwi US is the USA-based subsidiary of Israel Weapon Industries Limited of Ramat Hasharon, Israel. The iwi US line of products includes the Tavor X95, the Uzi Pro
1: pistol and SMG, the Galil Ace line of firearms, and the belt-fed Negev line of light machine guns. IWI's mission is to bring the highest quality firearms
3: with real-world-proven reliability to the U.S. commercial and law enforcement
2: market. IWIUS are proud sponsors of the Talking Lead AK Corner and the Lead Head
3: Brigade. Check us out at www.iwi.us and on social media under IWIUS.
2: All right, let's get into our questions here. And we got got a bunch and this is on Instagram. I'm going to the Grams. And I'll just go newest first. So AK shotguns. Why? Serious question. I think we talked about, you know, some of the benefits. Yes, sir.
3: I mean, as far as auto-loading shotgun, in my opinion, it's the very best in the world, And in, in particular, the Bepper 12 platform. Uh, uh, you know, there are, uh, if you're talking about box-style guns, the, the, the AK platform is the, the receiver that's the right size for the, for the cartridge. Um, so why AK shotguns? I mean, I'm not sure exactly why not. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's FPS Murdoch, and he is an AK guy. I think he's just trying to uh, yeah. tell us something we already know there, get us to say something we already we already knew. Uh, Kitzmiller, three gun. I think you guys know him. Oh, yeah. Vepper yes, 12, everything, he says. Flood, no. <laughs> flood munitions. How come my Sega and KS-12 always have issues with low brass loads? I've tried different gas plugs, drums, and mags, and they are never reliable. What can I do to add reliability to these platforms? Well,
1: shoot it. With, he can read. Go ahead. I said he needs to shoot it with a bunch of high brass. There you go. I was going to say if he read the manufacturer's <laughs> or the
3: importer's uh, uh, instructions, that he's not using the proper ammunition. Uh, so if, if that doesn't work for him using the proper ammunition, which it will, out of the correct size magazine, which was probably a five-round, maybe a 10-round magazine that came with it, um, he will be most likely perfectly fine. So use military-grade ammunition out of a five-round mag, and your gun will run. Now, if you want to use low-brass ammunition, you want to use almost the cheapest stuff you can buy or the cheapest stuff you can buy, then you should send the gun to us and get our control and action tuning. Uh,
2: The latter is what he needs to do. Done. And this guy, okay. this uh Flood Evan Floodman is his name, Flood Munitions. He was just on um is it History Channels Mountain Men? The ultimate oh, yeah. the yeah, ultimate love- marksman. Yeah. He was just okay. on episode two of that. So uh one of our listeners doing uh good stuff there. He was on with Colby, the guy who used to do Top Shot.
3: Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah.
2: Uh he's that Colby guy's hosting it again. So um if you get a chance, watch the episode. I'm not gonna tell you how it turns out. Um <laughs> but he did represent the Leadhead Brigade very well. So congratulations, Evan. Uh he works at uh I can't remember which I think he's somewhere in Texas, but he works at one of those uh outdoor warehouses. So he he knows a lot about guns. Uh, P-P-P-R-N, do the drum mags run reliably?
3: So we, we, we offer a tuned drum from, it's an SGM drum. It's a 25 round drum. It holds an entire box of shells and, um, uh, the manufacturer's instructions tell you to shoot thirteen 1300, uh, FPS ammunition or above. Um, which no one will actually read the instructions. Um, so if you were to do that, mm-hmm. most likely it would run reliably. Right. But, and you would most likely need to use some decent ammunition. Um, the truth is that most drums actually uh, are less uh, stressful on the shell itself because they hold the, the shell in a carousel, so the shell isn't stacked on top of one another. And then, But they do get stacked on top of one another in the neck, so as they turn the corner in the drum stack in the net and then that's where they can get crushed or they can lose their feet angle so as long as your drum can maintain the proper feet angle at the top then yes they will run reliably um if you use one of the tune drums from us and have our, our control and action tuning you can run low brass in a 25 round drum <laughs> so it, it it all depends on if your setup is right so very good. There are some really expensive drums um, that are imported that that do run well, but they're super expensive.
2: What are when what is, what are they called?
3: They're like six hundred bucks.
2: Right. So, some of our listeners are rich.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I, we, rich people make the world go around because they buy shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I, I get it.
2: Uh, P Man three hundred one. It says, my biggest question is, can someone help me convince my wife to get me one for Christmas? <laughs> do
3: you do layaway? If you buy, right for Christmas, I'm sure she would buy you one. Yeah, you
2: so <laughs> Do you guys have a layaway I'm plan? Call
1: her up and sweet talk her.
4: Yeah, that's right.
3: There you go. <laughs> you, you call in and pay for ninety percent of it, and you can tell her that that what it would that that it, it, it only costs ten percent, and she'll she'll buy the rest.
1: Dude, I like that They're willing to get it They're willing to get in On, on uh, some shenanigans With you I like that
2: Can can you Yeah there you go So if you're like You know You're a professional shooter Is it a tax write off?
3: So um, So one of the One of the conversations We had with our CPA Was about how much It would cost to hire A professional shooter And so I do And so I We explained to him That we are two Professional shooters And that we do have to travel And maintain a presence For our company And that has a A Right, price tag attached to it and there's a certain amount of ammunition that has to be shot to maintain your level as a professional shooter so the truth is, is that yes it's absolutely totally legit and um
4: marketing budget has
3: to be yeah set some... it's exactly the way it is yeah mm-hmm. we'd have to send somebody there if we weren't there
2: uh let's see brett Badal, please offer some tips on tuning a magazine talk about joining two mags together, which you've got a solution for that. For higher capacity mag, what barrel options exist for original Sega's? Better to change barrel or have original modified for screw-in chokes? Oh, and perfect timing, I recently picked up all original Sega 12 that looks like it was hardly fired. Ooh, sounds like he's got something to send you guys.
3: Okay. So, so the first one was mag tuning. Yeah, yeah, talk about
2: so, uh, some tips on mag tuning.
3: So, well, first of all, I'm not going to go into all the details because we do offer this service. So, so if you uh, aren't able to accomplish, uh, we do sell the mag coupler. We sell the spring, which we both manufacture. Um, and then uh, the magazines is essentially a 10-round magazine on the top. And this is a 12-round magazine with the top cut off of it. And so you would use your skills as, as a uh, filer and a dremler to uh, attach <laughs> these together, and you would need to make sure that stuff act was smooth in between it, okay? And so you also want to make sure when you insert this magazine into the gun that it inserts easily, and you want to make sure it drops free when you press the magazine release. So
4: those are the points that we... Yeah, need. and so we address...
3: We, 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 I am joking around a little bit, but we tune the feed lips. We do do some internal modifications to make sure the follower moves through the, through it, make sure that the shell itself uh, moves through and presents correctly at the top. Shell presentation is the most important thing. So if, you're a maggot, if your shell at the top looks like it's going to jump into the chamber, then you're good. If it looks like it's going to run into the bottom of the chamber, then you're bad. <laughs> <laughs> and so you should buy a coupler from us and you should buy a spring from us and try it out. And if you have any trouble, then we can finish the job for you.
4: Like he, when he says two the feed lips, that basically addresses the smooth insertion yeah. and then the ability for the mag to drop free easily.
3: Yeah, these come with really square corners, and they, they uh, catch the stamp receivers really bad on the way in, so we, we do adjust those.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh, and then so from, was the second Yeah, a multi-part, was... the multi-part question there.
2: Oh,
3: let's see. I, I, heard a,
4: uh, I heard a question or something about the choking. Uh, oh, th- yeah. So, so uh, barrels, barrels are,
3: aren't easy to come by. So whatever barrel you have, it can only get shorter, okay? Unless you want to make it longer by us atta- permanently attaching a muzzle device. And then now it can become longer. But we can't actually make the bore longer. Um, it's, it's better to start with another gun. Unfortunately, the barrels aren't in red, red, uh, readily available. Um, now, as far as screw choking... We can pull the barrel um, from any, basically any of these guns, um, even the other imported uh, Chinese guns, and we have choked them um, and reinstalled them. And so um, that's one of the main uh, uh, innovations that we've had in, uh, with one of our partners, Briley Manufacturing, is we have a Fenwall choke uh, specifically manufactured for the Vepper bore and for the Sega bore. Sweet. And so these are both our series of chokes um, specifically manufactured for the bore size and wall thickness to be able to have an internal thin wall choke installed and keep the fa- factory external threading intact. So now you're able to run an external muzzle device, whether it's a compensator, a flash rider, suppressor, some type of door breacher, and still have a legitimate full size uh, choke. In, and these come all the way from uh, cylinder bore, diffusion choke, all the way to triple uh, X full. And um, nice. they shoot uh, any lead shot ammunition, and we do have uh, a version available if you want to shoot steel shot.
2: Sweet. So Brett, send that uh, Saiga Saiga 12 that you just bought to them, and he's a competition shooter too. Um, he he won yeah. the uh, yeah. Yeah. he won the BFT 47, Andrew. That's the guy who won. Oh, the okay. you know. Yeah.
3: Century uh, gave away some at Kalashbash, so we mm-hmm. we, uh, we we know that gun. Yeah.
2: Uh, let's think see, guns, Bastard, oil, and yeah. dirt. What's the best AK shotgun for three gun matches? I think we've just told you that.
4: I mean, a <laughs> from us. Yeah, yeah. This is an Send to us
3: or one a KL12 that you buy from us. That's I mean that's the best. Our KS12 Elite. Is an amazing shotgun. It's at a, a bit lower price point than the uh, uh, than Band Veper. Um but we do stand behind both platforms. Um, you know, for our with a limited lifetime warranty. So. Yeah.
2: He um, also asked, and this a couple of people have asked this: What are the best AK-12 gauge magazines?
3: Um, so there's really only one player, um, and, and it's a it's a good mag. It, it's not a great mag out of the out of the, the bag because it does come in a bag, not a box. Um, but there's really only one player that that's making these right now, and this is a um, SGM magazine. It's uh, all um, polymer mag. It's actually quite durable. Um, we do offer uh, uh, factory unmodified versions, of course, and then tuned versions. Um, our tuned versions come with lifetime warranties on them. So if you ever wear these mags out because you've shot so much or you dry fire so much, then we replace the magazine um so as far as the best magazines it's it's tuned that's a tuned distant and armed mag um you know uh, magazines just should be tuned um if you're gonna uh, use them in a competition setting uh you know any high-end pistol mag um, is either tuned or um, some of the guys now finally got them right but they've uh the high-end pistol mags that is but they've gone with their own own dies and their own molds and stuff like that. So
4: but that, if you're okay with a five or ten round mag, the, the original the lot yeah mags. They're great sets best, best. Um, but if you wanted something like for us, standard capacity 12 yeah. round, 10 round mags, high capacity 15s or 20s, an yeah. SGM tactical, and then show them the 15 The ones 15. we uh so this, this is be, this
3: is a 12-round SGM mag with our plus uh, three base pad. Ah. So this is a, a Delrin ma- uh, machine base pad that uses uh, one of our, a half of one of our inline couplers you get on the 20 and then an all Delrin uh, base. And then you just reuse the, the same floor plate that comes on the mag. And so you just got to slightly bevel the, the bottom of the mag magazine. And then this requires not a ton of tuning yet. So no. but of wait, course wait, wait, we, we, do, we do our top end work on our full, our full version, but we do sell this, uh, plus three individually. Nice. So this takes a 12 round mag, makes a 15, which is really convenient mag.
2: I don't know if anybody's going to ask this or not, but I'm going to go ahead while it's on my mind. Um, Ammo, what ammo, which ammo do you guys prefer?
3: So, so um, most uh, buckshot ammunition is, is usually pretty durable. So if you're talking about in a uh, self-defense situation or some type of, uh, you know, non birdshot ammo, uh, slugs and buckshot usually feed feed better um, than most birdshot ammunition. Just just on in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but the truth of the matter is, is they're not uh, a ton of top tier ammunition. So take any one of the major manufacturers of ammunition, and then you talk about what it's their most expensive ammunition. It's just the way it is. So Winchester AA, Winchester AA ammunition is by and large the the best ammunition. Um, over the longest period of time. And it's one current. of the longest. Current. Uh, and one of the longest standing brands. Uh, and, and lines. Uh, so their hull quality is super hard. It's a smooth hull. Um, and it's got a very uh, good crimp. On the end of it. And it maintains its uh, ability. To case gauge and uh, uh, properly. Even after being loaded a few times.
4: So yeah. the three, The three components that we grade. As far as. Gr- Making a tier one ammo, it's going to be hole quality, wad quality, and quality. Yeah.
3: So the wad, if the wad is really stable, that helps stabilize the actual sides of the uh, of the shell itself. So the hole won't well, cave in um, when it's stacked on top of one another, or when the bolt rides over uh, the top shell, it doesn't uh, dip the, the 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 case in, causing a slow feed. Um, uh, it's discontinued right now, but federal, uh, premium was, uh, had their, um, grand, their grand, uh, and, but that's discontinued. Uh, we are, uh, working with them about coming out with some, uh, a new version of ammunition that would be specifically designed for box beds or other, um, stressful, It's you know, It's
4: geared towards action shooting in general. Yeah. Uh,
3: and so, and so,
4: but it is, uh, we did pick out specific components to, um, Work well in a box fed setting.
3: And then Remington STS was an old, uh, was obviously, Remington's been bought by a Federal. Uh, it's the uh, green uh, ammunition. That was a really good old. Uh, they had their nitro line. Um, that's all top tier ammunition. So that's going to do really, really good out of one of these methods, right? Now, when you're talking about a 12 round magazine, if your gun is a tuned gun, then most middle grade or what we call tier two ammunition. Is going to do quite well out of this, and so the um, from the, the the federal top gun from Walmart is actually quite good ammunition for the being budget ammo. Uh, uh,
4: twelve hundred feet per second, one yeah. and an eighth ounce. Yeah, out of uh, a
3: twelve round magazine or five or a ten round mag. Um, that's what we use for test fire, uh, and we you know slam it in on a closed bolt, uh, you know rack it in. But when you start trying to take that budget ammo and apply that to the big mags and the big drums and you want it to perform at the highest level Then you know you, you do realize you haven't put race gas in your race car and so you maybe you should go get some race gas
4: you wonder why your ferrari's sputtering <laughs> <laughs> maybe because you put some 87 and, that, and, and the same thing not the same
3: thing but some type of parallel to rifle shooting let's just say is that if you want maximum accuracy out of your xyz rifle then you need to use match grade ammunition. you know um and if you want um you know the best performance out of your pistol then you're going to use the best ammunition available And and the same thing happens with shotgun it just happens to a larger degree because of the type of ammunition type of cartridges we're talking about
2: very good let's see lots of questions here we talked about, a little bit about the history uh, behind the AK shotgun, um, and from what I've read, it was originally designed for civilians and civilian use because it's a lot easier for civilians to get a shotgun than uh, than a rifle, mm-hmm. and then if the military yeah, eventually. Russ- Go ahead.
3: Yeah, in Russia, you you can't own a uh, a rifle barrel until you until you've owned a shotgun for like two or three years something like that. So five I, I don't years. know all the details
2: it's like 5 well, years
3: five, five, 5 years okay wow. yeah and then you can own a rifle and then i think maybe you can own a pistol then um they have these in between guns that have a uh, smooth bore and then the last couple of inches have a twist to them but it's not a full rifle twist they call them paradox uh guns and they uh have like weird like lancasters one of the calibers and they'll have them they'll look like a uh like some type of svd but it's really like a, a like a hunting rifle that, that shoots some type of hunting cartridge that a civilian can own that hasn't had a a shotgun for long enough or something like that. So they they, they go in the shotgun category. So yeah, in uh, in Russia you can't rebarrel a, a rifle. Um, once a rifle is, is has shot its barrel out, you have to buy get a new rifle. Like they don't have people that work on guns. Like you can't be an armorer really. That you can add parts to guns, but you can't rebuild guns. You're not allowed to have an armory. Um, it's just a different thing, you know, because if you had an armory, then you could stand up to your government, you know,
1: <laughs> you're not wrong. That's exactly. Yep. Yeah.
2: Just another plan so, by the anyways, man yeah. to keep a brother down.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's weird. Laws are weird. You know, I think they can have full auto, but their gun, their butt socks have to be a certain length. So it's, it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. B. Hurst. Um, and a lot of these people have multiple questions, but I'm just trying to find their best ones here. He says, uh, "Some have four position gas plugs. Some have two. Why?" I would say finer tuning. So,
3: so the, the factory is a, is a is a two. We call it a one two or a high low uh, HL. The high is going to be your high high brass. We call it or your low for sort of low brass or low pressure and high pressure. Um, the other ones, the four positions, are going to be some one of the other imported, uh, like like the links may have a four position on it, or it's going to be an aftermarket plug. But the, the truth of the matter is is that unless the action's been tuned, it doesn't matter what the gas plug does, because it can't give you more gas than it had originally, most likely, on the high setting, and it's not going to uh, uh, give you less gas, most likely, than the low setting of the other one. Um, it's not going to open the low uh, up for you or the high up for you, so to speak, on on the, the cartridges.
4: So there's really not that many types of varieties of you know shotgun ammo and, and necessity to tune or fine tune the gas system like it, you would a rifle. So so
3: what we do is when we uh, like for instance on a KS12 or a Sega, when we. Um, uh, uh, Tune the gun it, it's all in the action we do do a slight amount of gas work on the ks12s uh and the segas but the we use the factory puck or piston and we use the uh the factory plug we don't use any aftermarket ones because that interaction between the the, the piston itself and the tip of the op rod is is extremely important that that
4: distance that, so that
3: is maintained yeah and, and and if there's too much space the the puck or the piston will take a run at the off-rod and smash it. And if there's not enough space, then it gives it a push, but not enough to cycle the gun right. So um, all all of the lightweight pucks that you can see, they've seen, uh, you may see on some websites and a lot of the multi-gas uh, plug setting, uh, all those are, are really just designed to sell you something. Um, now, if you have a fully-tuned gun and you want an, a multi-position gas plug, that may give you a finer... Adjustment on certain things, but the truth of the matter is, is we 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 say if you're shooting uh, 1600 feet per second and above, like uh, or uh, excuse me, 1300 feet per second and above, then we uh, recommend using the high setting. And uh, anything below that at all, then the low setting. Now, if you happen to shoot 1600 feet per second slugs or 1300 feet per second, 1330, um, one and a quarter rounds. On the low setting, you're not going to damage your gun, but if you shoot it all day long, you should move to the other setting because you're gonna. It's going to be softer shooting and potentially less wear on your gun.
4: Oh yeah, back to the two or yeah, four yeah. Uh, settings. I don't know why the yeah. four is around. The two is a high low, yeah. so that kind of makes sense.
2: BCM 350. Why don't we see more all shotgun matches? Like the old Lucas Oil Shotgun Series,
1: man, those were fun. Oh um,
4: well, yeah. Well, we will uh, <laughs> next year, Bo. So don't worry.
3: So so shot. <laughs> so the uh, the pandemic uh, or whatever you want to call it, the fake pandemic, uh, the, uh, the last couple of years, <laughs> um, has has postponed a lot of things internationally, like uh, the Shotgun World Shoot, which was supposed to take t- place in two thousand and twenty uh, and in twenty one. Excuse mm-hmm. me. And so it is now on the schedule for fall of 23 in thailand that hopefully that reality is going to spawn uh, some shotgun matches for 2023 which will hopefully be announced you know in the in the, in the coming weeks or months so but, yeah
4: and i mean so it's a weird thing a lot of people like shooting shotguns to hunt if it's like two rounds but if it's more than that then yeah. they don't really enjoy shooting it because eight. Either they think they're going to get beat up or B, they're going to have a bad time because it's unreliable.
3: So, so yeah. the truth of it is that Americans have so many rifles and pistols that, and that sometimes they forget about their shotguns. And so they, what they need to do is remember that shotguns have a place.
4: I mean, shit, <laughs> the current <the Trump laughs> president said a shotgun. Yeah, that's right.
3: <laughs> and... Uh, uh, i got that's a couple
2: right. of mine so, i just pulled out for this episode
3: they have access to shotguns because shotguns are like a forge pick uh that's right me. and so uh well, they,
4: they don't think you can take over a government with a shotgun that's, that's right they, so they allow them to have they it. allow
3: their subjects to have shotguns and so shotguns are, are really big internationally but not quite as big in the action shooting scene here in the u.s uh they are have their place in three gun but as an individual sport. They are on the rise and look for more uh, events.
1: Yeah. yeah, Knob Creek, um well, when Knob Creek happens or happened on Sunday they have a shotgun only match. I shot it for years.
0: Nice
1: a lot, yeah. a lot of fun down there. But that was on, on Sunday.
2: So I, yeah, we have yeah, yeah. You're talking about how you forget we'll your go. shotguns. I went and I pulled out my old this was my dad's old Browning.
3: Yeah. Nice.
2: Yeah.
3: yeah 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 i uh got a i bought a remington uh model 11 and i was able to it, it had been somebody had like put it on a buffer but it's a two digit and so i bought it for a couple hundred bucks but it's a wow. two digit uh, 36
4: right
3: yeah yeah it's a it's a two digit super low number and it's the first auto loading shotgun made in the united states the remington oh, wow. model 11 so it's one of the first a like couple of dozen shotgun auto loading shotguns ever made in the United States. Um, but I think we're going to end up doing because somebody else already took a buffing wheel to it. So Uh-oh. that means that we can fully trick it out, you know? <laughs> you don't and have so, to feel
2: bad about it tricking it out.
3: <laughs> so you can actually turn those into the into A5 auto loaders that they have now. So, Sweet. Yeah. So, or the A5, uh, where, where they uh, load the, when it locks back on the last round, mm-hmm. it auto loads as you put the first the shell
4: in there. Yeah. Whatever
2: that features called. Tongue for twisting. I've been I've seen so many which make is most reliable. I think we kind of answered that without answering it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, out of the box, most people had the most success that I know of that out was. of the uh, the VEPR platform. The KS12 does well, but again, remember, guys, these guys have minimum FPS recommendations. Mags that came with the gun originally. That's where you're gonna. If you're talking about reliability, without getting a shop to make sure they help you out, then you know some guns are better than others. It's just the nature of the way when they were built, who they were built by, what lot they were, all those kind of things. um So take your bolt hold open system out of your revolver if it's giving you malfunctions, and then you most likely you'll you'll be all right. You'll be all right. There you go. Yeah.
2: Uh, John Adams asked, was the AK-style shotgun ever adopted by Warsaw militaries or was it uh, designated originally for civilian sporting purposes? We kind of answered that a little bit. Started off civilian. Uh, military did modify it, started using it for military purposes. There's even um, NATO uh, forces that use the AK yeah, shotgun.
3: I've seen it deployed in certain photographs and so forth the um, u.s you know, coast
2: guard uses it
3: cloud crowd control a lot of times uh, a lot of times where they're they don't uh you know they want a shotgun uh instead of a rifle you know kind of thing going on and then uh mm-hmm. it, it it's just just shotguns are typically not not going to be some kind of primary weapon and so they're going to be more of like a, you know secondary force or some type of crowd control situation which,
4: which makes uh, sense because i mean the ability to change between lethal and non-lethal so quickly yeah. yeah yeah yeah
1: but again that those shotguns didn't come out until after the fall of the you know the communism so yeah, the, wars the, the whole, the whole yeah,
3: warsaw thing's not part of it, yeah, <laughs> it, it sure.
1: during the warsaw pact so
3: that's right that's right good point but yeah, well, I've seen them like you know even on uh, some uh, French and German uh, like police.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, national uh, police in Europe. There's there's several people. Um, you know, you're talking yeah. about Estonia, Estonians police. They use okay. them. Yeah, but a yeah. lot of a lot of the communist, the former communist um, countries, their law enforcement uses them, not so much the military.
3: That's right.
2: So I was just looking here. Um... Sometimes on Wikipedia, it'll tell you what countries and who all is using stuff.
3: Hey, I'll, I'll tell you who does use them uh, is that there's uh, dissonant-armed shotguns on six continents shooting uh, every weekend. Uh, we, we, do it, we, uh, we send them to, to every continent besides the Antarctica, and they get used in IPSC competitions. Current, and other, Current
4: UK uh, national champ, current U, uh, South African national champ,
2: Thailand, National Champ, I believe. Nice. So here's users. Belarus is allowed as civilian hunting weapon. Egypt, uh, used by Central Security Forces. France, used by counter-terrorist units. Indonesia, uh, National Anti-Narcotics Agency. Kazakhstan, uh, civilian hunting weapon. Kyrgyzstan. Uh, police forces, Russia, Ukraine, United States. Some police forces use the Sega 12 with SWAT teams and military police units, such as the deployable specialized forces in the Coast Guard. And that's the United States that's using it. So there you go. Yeah, Very there's cool. a few
3: guys that, that built some uh, for some of the you know agencies here and there that are you know quite old. They haven't re-upped in some time. Um,
2: but they're, they' they've been out there. All right, uh, lots lots and lots of questions here, but uh, I think we got most of them or we've or we've talked about it here. so um, great questions guys. I, guys, I appreciate the participation listeners. Uh, very good participation this episode. Um, so let's do this. I've got everybody written down here. Uh, I think I got everybody. So I'm going to go through it one more time here just to make sure I got everybody's name. And I'm telling you who I'm assigning numbers to. So we're going to do a random draw for our prizes. So um, Mike and Land pull up the random number generator if you've got one, or Drew if you've got one. And um, FPS Murdoch, he's number one. Kitz Miller Three Gun, he's number two. Flood Munitions is number three. Pew Pew RN, you're number four. P-Man 301, you're number five. Brett Bedow, you're number six. Guns, Oil, and Dirt, you're number seven. Glotru, you're number eight. Nikolai, you're number nine. John Adams III, you're number 10. Mustang Perry, you're number 11. Ryan Reisner, you're number 12. Esam 87, you're number 13. Tongue for Twisting, you're 14. BCM 350 is 15. Bailey Miller, or Muller, sorry. Bailey Muller, you're 16. Big Grizzly HTX is 17, B. Hurst is 18, Richard Nim is 19, Jesse Badal is number 20, and I think I got everyone uh, as of this recording. Now, if you post a question after this, I'm sorry, you just you just missed out. Did I get Mustang Perry? Yeah, Mustang Perry's on there. All right, so let's first give away a SIL-1 plus CLP plus kit where you get the liquid, you get the paste, you get the cleaning towel, the brushes, and the pre-soaked pads. And I think he's probably got a 12-gauge version of this um, that he can send. But uh, we'll set you up with whatever caliber you want for the kit, so... Guys, random number generate, 1 through 20. And what's our number? Two. Number two. And that is, bum, 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 Miller, three gun. He needs... <laughs> no, no, you don't
4: give it to, don't give it to
2: He needs some cleaning. He
4: needs, needs some... He some fun. come on.
2: He... He's gonna get the seal one, Kit Miller. He gets the th- he gets the the seal. He's he's been talking about he's wanting some of that anyway. So, all right, next giveaway. Let's do the Mission First Tactical Dump Tray with the Talking Lead logo and Sentry Arms logo. And I what's that? You got one? I
4: think you, said it. Yeah, I got one of those. Those are awesome. I wish you guys would let trying.
2: me know when your stuff arrives so I know because I'm always hounding my guys like did you send this yet did you send this yet <laughs>
4: <laughs> all right ready hey. <laughs> that's terrible what I said hey we got it yeah, I just being the smart ass
2: I like that we like being smart asses on this show I do
4: have another number for you
2: though all right hit me six six that's Brett six. Brett Badal. He's just he's just a lucky son of a gun, isn't he?
1: Yes.
2: Is. So Brett, you get the tray. Kitz Miller, he gets the the seal one. All right, let's give away the you going to do the magwell? I like are, it. Are you doing yours together or you do them separate? Two two separate winners?
4: There's two magwell flares and a, and a
2: coupler. So there's three of them. Three, okay. All right, so for the first magwell, who we got? Number 14. Number 14 is tongue for twisting. There you
4: go.
2: You get a magwell, flared magwell extension factory. from this and at arms. What do you call those?
3: It's, it's it's just our just an orange magwell flare, so it's okay. a it's a flared section the bolts on there. I didn't know yeah. if you
2: had a fancy name for it or something.
3: No, we were we were importing these from a, a you know a, an aftermarket company in Russia, but man, after the Ukraine thing, let's just say that that's not not too. It's easy. a little tougher. Yeah. Um, so we started
4: manufacturing these here. Yeah. So. Do
2: you guys know Neil, the combat a- accountant, Neil Vermilion? Yeah.
4: Just shot a match
3: with him this weekend. You know, he, he just fun this
4: weekend.
2: He, he just there. got back yeah. from Ukraine.
3: That's yeah, right. yeah. We're gonna have he, uh, him on
2: to talk about that.
3: So he's a cool dude. He's so, cool. So it was a competition where you're allowed to like shoot out in the open. You don't have to take cover, but this one stage, <laughs> he shot off from cover, and I'm pretty sure it's because that's what he did. <laughs> you know, or restricting other guys. Just so, his yeah.
2: reflexes, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's do the um let's do the other Magwell.
4: 11, number 11.
2: Number 11 bump bum boom bum, Mustang Perry. Mustang Perry, you win You're a dissonant arms two. Magwell extension.
3: Number
2: 11. All right, now let's give away the coupler. The mag coupler.
4: Bucky
2: okay, number three. Oh. Okay, there. That's our, our boy. So
3: these, uh, these are our side-by-side couplers. Yeah. Uh, they will cinch side-by-side or couple side-by-side, two 12-round, 10-round, eight-round. You can do 20s. So I've seen them done before. Um, but there's one you put high on the mag another one you put low. These also do work on 308 P mags, so your SR- 25 p mags just don't over tighten them
2: on those i got a couple over there nice all right so uh flood munitions that's our boy evan who's uh the marksman ultimate marksman
4: oh
3: look at that so if he's a uh got a box gun or has a uh 308 uh with sr25 mags he's in good shape
4: he's in good shape um He doesn't. He has a reason to buy one.
3: Well, yeah. It's just like it's like an AR. If you get an end plate, you have to build a whole gun. You
4: know that's
3: true. <laughs> if you get a free end plate, you
1: know, what are you gonna do? That's right. <laughs> that's right.
2: Gotta get a gun to go with it.
1: Right. <laughs> I mean, you know how it is. All
2: right, All right. Next next one is the ten pack of US palm mags from Century Arms, where you get one of the banana mags and you get the the very rare alien mag. And then eight other. Um,
1: 30 round U.S. Paul Mags. 30
2: round U.S. Thank you. 18. 18. Boom, 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 B. Hurst. B. Hurst. B. Hurst. You get the Mags.
1: And those cool patches.
2: Oh, yeah. and the, I forgot about the patches.
1: Yeah, the patches come with the Mags.
2: Very good. So there you go, guys. Participate listen, and win on the Talking Lead podcast. That's how we do it. So all you winners, you have to email. What's... Huh? This
1: is a great time to segue into the prize for the final episode of the AK Corner.
2: But wait. So all you winners, you have to email me, talkingled at gmail.com, what you won this episode, and obviously we're going to need your shipping address, and I will forward that on to the guys to send you your awesome prizes, so... Uh, If you don't contact me, you don't get it. And here's what we do to unclaimed prizes. We donate them to Sheepdog Impact Assistance. It's an organization that helps our first responders, our military, our law enforcement, uh, disabled or retired uh, men and women by taking them on outdoor adventures, taking them on hunts. And they also put together disaster recovery teams to go around the country like just happened down in Florida uh when natural disasters hit and and devastate an area they send teams down there to help out so great organization uh unclaimed prizes we automatically will send them there and you only have like I give you plenty of time so if you got a couple of weeks to get your uh, prizes claimed after that then uh, they're unclaimed so all right so the big news we ready for the big news Andrew
1: I'm ready you can announce it Marty
2: all right, so for our season finale, season four finale, Leadheads, we are going to give away in participate in uh in what collaboration with Century Arms a BFT forty seven, another BFT forty seven. So if you were mad and pissed off you didn't win the first time, we're gonna give away another <laughs> one, and I haven't decided how we're gonna give it away, Andrew.
1: Well, I'd say have everyone follow your social media and be prepared for next month's AK corner. There, there you go. go. Sure, man. You you, you do you, Bart. You know more about that stuff than I do. Okay.
2: Buddy. I'm just now finding out about this, so I didn't have time to prepare to come up with some kind of cool, cool means to give the damn thing away. <laughs> so,
1: well, I I I fully trust that um, I will come will, up uh, come up with a great a great scheme for the leadheads to get their hands on a brand new BFT
2: 47. I will do that. Uh, And all rules and laws apply. So if you're not eligible to own a firearm, you're not eligible for the the contest. So they got to throw that disclaimer out there.
3: Yeah. Got to give
2: it to the sheep dogs. We could do that too. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, guys, that does it for the... Episode 11, season four, episode 11 of the Talking Lead AK Corner, presented by Sentry Arms. We greatly appreciate Mike and Lan with Dissonant Arms joining us. Guys, give out your your website, your uh, media, social media and all that. com
4: across all of them. Yeah, across all of them, yeah, at Dissonant Arms. DissonantArms. Arms.com and then uh, Instagram would just be Dissonant Arms, and uh, Facebook is the same.
2: Do you guys have individual accounts?
4: Yeah, but that's not important. He
2: <laughs> just you don't want yeah. <laughs> you don't want people getting in touch with you on those.
4: <laughs> yeah,
3: I mean, we may, I mean, honestly, I mean, for me, I, I I do I don't do too much personal. It's mainly through the company. But <laughs> I mean that we are we are just in arms. There's not like a uh, some. Uh, you know, boards. If you get a
4: response from there or the post, yeah. it's done from either Mike or myself, and yeah. so.
3: And then you know we have somebody that answers the phone, so if you call, then we're there. We're, you know, so you know, reach out to us if you need anything. If you got some kind of Sega or uh, that you want built up, you want turned into the shotgun of your dreams, we can certainly do so. Um, if you're looking to get into three gun competition, which I highly recommend, then we can uh, take one of those shotguns for you, or you can buy one from us. Um, we have, um, you know, uh, options that, you know, uh, will essentially last you a lifetime, but will help you compete at the highest level or make sure that you have fun while you're competing because your gun running makes you have fun. Yeah. And yeah.
2: at the very least, you're going to look pimp. <laughs> That's, right. That's
3: right. And, uh, you know, they do come in the color of your choice. And we have uh, 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 coders on staff. They, they can pick uh, your favorite uh, uh you know, skin from your local pattern rubs, or whatever, maybe your last, yeah, your last video game. Yeah. we can. We if can any of you Leadheads
2: heads, uh, order one, make sure you put the talking lead logo on there. The AK corner <laughs> logo. I want to, I want to see I that. on. There.
4: I can laser it in there. That's please. right. Yep.
2: I want to <laughs> see that on a dissonant arm shotgun. Um, very good. So go show Mike and land some love Leadheads. heads. I don't know how much you appreciate them sharing the education with you this episode uh, and our other sponsors, Mission First Tactical, you can go there. MissionFirstTactical.com, use the code LEADHEAD. You're going to get 20% off there. SEAL1, you go to SEAL1.com, use the code LEADHEAD. You're going to get 25% off there. Our buddy James over at Factory 47, see me wearing his awesome T-shirt here. Uh, he's got other cool ones, too. He also has Mike and Land. He's got that uh, a Calumet High School Wolverines class of 84. T-shirt. Factory. Okay. He's got, he's got those. And, of course, he's got our official Talking Lead AK Corner shirts, hoodies, hats. Um, leddies. LEDs. Yeah, the LEDs. I don't have mine today, but uh, he's got the uh, AK Corner leddies. Uh, so go there. Lead head, 10% off. Anything at Factory 47. Of course, he's got all the, the factory logos, too, of all the AK manufacturers uh, that you can get all that stuff on, too factory47.com, uh, Defiant Munitions, you want some awesome ammunition that's not shotgun, uh, you go to Defiant Munitions, all caps, lead head, 10% off, uh, go tell Pete Pie your lead head, he'll probably hook you up with some more extra cool stuff, uh, and then of course, our friends over at IWIUS, uh, I was going to talk a little bit about their, their shotgun that they have too, but I think it's too much of an anomaly for what we've been talking about, it'll, it might throw everybody <laughs> off. I'll have to do a, a special show just for it. Um, the Tavor that they've got. Don't they have like a three barrel? Um, shotgun? Yeah, a
4: TS magazine. It's
3: got three five round tubes. Um, you have to manually rotate it between, but it's after a little bit of uh, dry fire with it, it's
1: actually fairly intuitive. All
3: right, Go ahead
1: srm tactical that invented that and sold it to iwi was that the name of the company
3: you know i, I don't know the exactly the the lineage yeah. behind the gun itself um but you know i, I can see something like that
1: yeah i think it's srm i'll i i do not remember exactly but it's definitely that that tubular uh design came from a u.s shotgun company it didn't last very long because you know their shotguns were like eight thousand dollars um <laughs>
3: yeah
1: iwi got that mag technology from them because that worked great it was just so expensive
3: yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's actually pretty interesting because it's such a small. Um, it doesn't have a detachable magazine, so we were like we sold a ton of them during the the, the nonsense from the last couple of years, um, because like, you could own them in California and a lot of the banned states are restricted states because it doesn't have a detachable magazine.
1: Yeah, that's and it is
3: your overall length is short, so you get a pretty compact gun with fifteen plus one. So.
2: There you go. Yeah. So it's a bullpup, right?
3: Yeah, it's a bullpup bullpup. shotgun. It's auto loader, you know, auto shotgun, semi-automatic shotgun, but, uh, it's got three, five round tubes. Um, yeah.
2: And then as you lead heads, uh, have, have heard me talk about and see my social media post, Uh, we got more coming and we're going to do a show to follow up. Uh, but we went to gun site and we got to run, uh, the bullpup by Smith and Wesson. They're, um, their bullpup 12-gauge shotgun, dual-tube kind of deal, similar to the KSG shotgun. Uh, But we're going to do a show follow-up with uh, that event that we did um, at Gunsite with Lockdown and 20 other uh, social media and and media people. Um, It's a good time. Their secure walls or anything at Lockdown right now, you can use the code LEADHEAD. You're going to get 15% off. The walls will actually be released... In January, around Shot Show, um, but we did the whole episode on it. You guys have heard about it. If you hadn't, go back check out that episode. Uh, and then uh, we're going to talk about the guns that we used at the event. There was this one. There was the Saint uh, AR15 and the Polymer 80, the P80 uh, handgun that we used. So, uh, and that all the cool Crimson Trace optics to this HRO. I got to get you guys in touch with them or or get you one of these HROs, uh, Mike and Land, and let you try that. I think you're going to love these, running those on your shotguns. Uh, Leadhead at lockdown, 15% off. Say again? Does it have that segmented
4: circle
2: on it? Uh, no, it's a dot. It's just, a, just dot. a dot. Okay, cool. Yep, just a dot. It's got uh, intensities. I think it's like shake awake, and it's it's pretty cool. Uh, and then Sentry Arms. None of this would be possible Without the gang at Century Arms, Adam, Andrew, you guys rock. We really appreciate you making it possible to do season four of the Tonguelet AK Corner. Talk about what's new and exciting at Century Arms.
1: I mean, yeah, we just um, we're getting into you know end of the year, all the runs are going in there. Um, obviously, um, we've launched um, some some new AK product. We have a new uh, Romanian import. AK that's uh, just getting released called the CGR. Um, very mm. cool. Um, it's a, a new imported AK from Romania. Um, it's a little bit different than the Wazers. Um, so you guys will definitely want to check that out. It is uh, made in Cougier. It's just made at uh, the Nova factory. Um, but very cool rifle. Um, it's going to have you know a lot of the things that are AK guys, the 4140 barrel, hammer forged barrels, and just some of the different uh, more traditional import AK stuff on it. Um, so that that's probably the most Sweet. new and exciting AK news we have. Um, it's definitely a, a very approachable import import, uh, AK price wise. Um, so definitely be on the lookout for the new CGR, um, that will be, will be coming out soon. You'll start seeing those fair, fairly soon in dealers. Um, and, um, of course the AP five platform, um, our nine millimeter, uh, roller delay guns are just still just doing incredibly well. Um, the M models, um, which we'll we'll be talking about in another episode of Talking Lead, uh, Marty. But uh, but yeah, definitely um, the AP Five series has just been great for us. And then of course, Canik, um the Canic pistols still just are are just blowing just blowing me away at um, the popularity and uh, just the increased use of them. From Canic is just uh, done phenomenal in the market. Um, as a matter of fact, I believe Nils. I don't have confirmation, but I think he just won. Uh, in italy and I, if i'm not correct i think he only has to either that was the last one or the next if he wins one more he'll be the winningest uh, international shooter in one season in history um oh, and he's been really? shooting a camp that's eight hundred dollars box um yeah. so, and okay. that's for our brand um and of course nils just if you guys aren't familiar with him um, he's, uh, yeah. our sponsored canic shooter. Most people that are into competitive shooting are very aware of him, but
2: yeah, no um, skills, our- Nils on the Instagrams, uh, he yeah, heads,
1: yeah. <laughs> he's got some skills. The, 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 the guy can shoot. Let's just say that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and he's shooting up, I mean, more or less a production rival out of the box and smoking, you know, people from around the world, uh, repeatedly. So it's very cool that, uh, you don't have to have a $4,000 race gun to, uh, win big time competitions. Um, so yeah. yeah, definitely the camp stuff, but, uh, but yeah, along, along lines of AKs, you know, we've obviously the Wazers are still coming in occasionally from Romania, the Draco series. Um, but the USAKs really is where our bread and butter is now for volumes. So, oh uh, yeah, there he is. And, uh, um, but yeah, our USAKs, the BFT 47 and Visca platform rifles and pistols are uh, just fantastic guns. And, uh, we've just been doing really well with those, being able to get plenty to market, um well the imports are 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 sketchy at best lately um but yeah that's what's going on at uh, century
2: that's a lot um yeah you you had me at the ak when you first started talking about this new ak that you're going to start in with the c was cgr cgr yeah and that's that's from where romania romania
1: so it'll be a it's a Romanian import gun but yeah really? we'll talk more about that Marty once I get my samples in we can go out and do a little range time shoot some pictures that kind of stuff um, hopefully off and uh, we'll get we'll get together on that CGR for another episode maybe talk about that in December
2: wow oh, yeah absolutely so leadheads uh, be be paying attention to my social medes. Uh I will give you details on how we're going to go about giving away the BFT for the season four Season finale, episode 12 of the Togging Lead AK Corner presented by Century Arms coming up. Um, But again, like I said, until then, go show all our sponsors some love. Use those discount codes. And, uh, you know, Black Friday's coming up too. So now's the time. This is the season to be jolly. Um, So, do you guys do gift gift cards at Dissident Arms? Sell gift cards? You know,
3: we haven't, but it's something we've been wanting to add. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, so there you go. Probably get a big debate yeah. for that now.
3: No, that's, um, good. that's good. All
2: right, Leadheads, until the next episode, appreciate it. Stay tuned. Keep uh, engaging us on the social meds and uh, show all our sponsors some love. And happy Thanksgiving. So that's coming up too. I forgot about Thanksgiving, guys. Happy Thanksgiving.
1: Yeah, go get you a turkey with one of those in arms twelve gauges. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Can
2: you imagine somebody showing up to the turkey shoot with one of those?
1: Oh, I've killed a bunch of turkeys with a Sega.
2: Oh my gosh! Right. Oh, yeah. that would so, be Yeah, We've been
3: one to uh, go to uh, South America and shoot a a, a, a no limit uh, go snow goose, goose hunt.
2: Oh my oh. gosh, I mean, that would be unreal. I would love that. <laughs>
3: We have a couple of long barrel uh, segas and uh, vepers. I say long barrel. They're 24 and 22 inches on the on the vepers. Uh, but yeah, we'd like to go do that.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah. Very nice.
2: Happy Thanksgiving, lidheads.
3: Perfect. Happy Thanksgiving.
4: Happy Thanksgiving.